They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. As always, I am your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. This is more content for Salem Horror Fest 2020. Um, it's just exploded. People's reaction to the, the stuff I've done has been great, and I've been able to get not only film reviews out there, but directors and stars of these um, up-and-coming indie horror flicks out there. So hopefully it gets your attention onto the fest and onto their films as well. Um, before I introduce my very special guest, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons that keep this going. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, Collaborating Online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, and Little Nikki, and my newest patrons, Jessica Gronsbell, Jordi Collado, and David Fleming. This show um, is brought to you by a really great friend, one of my very best friends, Steve Brennan's. Um, let's play channels on YouTube. It's called Skeeter plays. That's S K E E T E R plays. He's been, um, delving into a lot of games that I haven't heard of a lot of steam stuff. Um, he always has a, a buddy come on and play with him. Um, you should really check it out. He needs the foot traffic. He's a great guy and I'm glad he's finally starting to create stuff. And with that, um, you may have heard, and if not go and listen to it, my review for the film Lenny out of Salem Horror Fest this year. And I have with me today, the is it writer and director? Yeah. Writer and director. Um, do you want Federico or Fetty? Fetty. Fetty's okay. Fetty Giantoni, is that it? Or Giannotti? Giannotti, yeah. Giannotti, okay. Again, I like I said, want to represent it properly and not bugger it up. Um, <laughs> no, it's cool. <laughs> I, I actually mispronounce it because in, it's an, uh, an Italian surname. It's, it's pronounced Giannotti. Uh, without the I, but oh, all right. If, even I, I, I say it wrong because if if I pronounce it properly, most people write it <laughs> without the I. So awesome. So oh, that, I was going to say that the, the last name sounded Italian to me, and I. So is it? Do you have? Um, is is like one parent Italian and the other um, from Buenos Aires, or have you got gotten to Buenos Aires? Are you Spanish speaking initially, or? Uh... No, 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 I'm I'm Argentinian. I was born in okay. My grandfather was Italian. Oh, fantastic! Okay, yeah, because that's I'm, I'm I started watching the movie and I'm like, okay, my brain is is my brain is hearing Spanish and then like the last name is he Italian? Yeah. Like I don't want to be like just confusing and be like that Dumbo on a thing to go. Yeah, you know, my wife's Italian and they're like, yeah, this movie is an Italian, Chris. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. that's that's what I love about foreign cinema is I actually watched. The first 10 minutes of it not realizing there was a subtitle option on the horror fest and so i was sitting there going okay i i basically understand because of the performance is so good and a few key words it's like i get what's going on here and then i'm like oh there's subtitles i'm a dope <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway yeah um you know before you know like i said i'd like people to be able to go and listen to my review i will tell you now my review is full of spoilers um I, you know, depending on how you want to present your film, we can either talk in detail as we go or be a little less on um, on talking about the details of the movie. It's your call. Um, oh, man, it's your show. Let's okay. talk about whatever I you just, want. I, I wouldn't want to put content out there that blows the movie for people if you didn't want that. So I'll just say, hey, spoiler alert and everything we're saying, spoiler alert in the review, but please watch the movie. And, yeah, um, that's fair. And I'd like to say you you introduce yourself on Twitter as a zombie attack survivor, so that's what I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's actually true. A guy jumped me in the in the street and beat uh, uh, took a bite out of my eyebrow. Oh my lord! <laughs> oh geez. Well, at least you should see the other guy, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, I think he's pretty okay. Oh. <laughs> at least he didn't get all of it um anyway so, so so lenny um i i i don't know what you know obviously there's tons of movies to choose from and i don't know what led me and i think it was just your your back and forth with all the other directors you know that's kind of how i've moved towards these i like good discourse i like um I like people that present their film, you know, and say, hey, I want to hear what you think, good or bad, doesn't matter to me. Constructive criticism, if done right, if it's not just a bunch of people dunking on each other, it is what 
this is all about. How can art, how can you make good art if you don't know what does and doesn't connect with people? And that's what I think is wonderful. This movie obviously connected very well with me. Um, and I just wanted to say, you know, before I get into the depths of the movie, you know, it's, you, you call it a story about nightmares, both real and perceived. And I think that's a really, really good, um, very mysterious face value description of the film. Um, the horror fest has a, uh, a longer, it says recurring nightmares in the aftermath of a violent, violent breakup have left Lenny on edge as she desperately seeks to regain her sanity. Now she must confront her monsters in order to unravel the trauma of a past. She doesn't seem to fully remember. And what, um, before getting into the, the meat of the movie, like what, what's your background with, with filmmaking? Like, how did you end up at Lenny? Uh, well, I'm I, I'm a commercial director. I've been I've been shooting uh, small content for the last seven years, and mm-hmm. before that, I spent uh, what like ten years working as an assistant director, production assistant, so and pretty much every other job there is. I never worked on a feature film. I will, I always worked on 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 ads, advertising. Um, but I loved film. I, I mean, I ended up working on this because um, I, I finished high school in the middle of an um, economic crisis in Argentina. So I had to, I, I couldn't study film because it was uh, too expensive for my family to afford. Mm-hmm. So I ended up studying advertising, which was a, like a two year thing, and I could get a job. And well, Things went on, and suddenly I was like 15 years into this profession, and I never actually done the thing that I love. That it, there are movies and, and films, and you know, as as I was telling you before the, sh- the the recording started, I was like pretty miserable before I I shot this. I was like in a in a low point, and my wife said to me, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "I want to make movies," and, uh, and she said, "Well, sit down." write something that we can shoot with what we have and let's make a movie so <laughs> that happened like uh, it took two years and uh, i had to have two jobs at the same time to finance this but uh it's paying off i mean it, the movies out there people are are connecting with it and it's amazing to to see like someone like you that in a completely different country uh, who speaks a different language watch it and uh, feel so connected to the characters and um, understand the little nuances of the story. I mean, I'm mind blown by that sort of thing. I, 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 the first time I saw the movie completed, I thought it was, <laughs> it was terrible because, of course, I could only see the mistakes I made. Right, <laughs> of course, of course. And that comes, that comes with anyone who creates, right? I, I feel the same way about every one of these shows I do. I sit there and go, it's a good thing I had that guest on that was, you know, so, so great because I'm just a dope and everyone goes, no, the show's good because you bring out the best in them. And I go, I don't see it, but thank you. <laughs> um, but no, so that that's wild to think. So you said this movie took two years to make? Actually, no, uh, took two years, the whole process. I, okay. Uh, from, from script to, to final movie, it, it was a two, two year process. And this is your first feature film? Yeah, it's actually my first everything. I never done a short film before. Oh so. my lord! All right, well then, um, geez, okay. So, so <laughs> then I, I would imagine then that would be why all of the praise is catching you so off guard. Um, and I, and I really do mean it. You know that I, I, I talk about film being very subjective, and I tell people, you know, they go, well, how do you stay so positive and optimistic, you know, in, in your reviews, because how can you watch a movie, an independent film in a little, you know, horror festival, and then compare it to, you know, like a Star Wars film or something like that. And I go, well, one, you don't compare them because they're entertainment packaged for you at that moment. So you take whatever it is at face value. And then if there's other stuff going on in the background, like I don't like that actor or that director did some bad stuff that obviously helps move your opinion. But I can watch a movie like Lenny or I can watch a movie, you know, um, you know, that my buddies and me make, or I can watch, you know, uh, the next Blumhouse movie, which again, I think I told you this, I, I could easily see this movie get picked up on something like that. I mean, just the quality of the filmmaking in this alone, leaving out the great performances and the music and the everything else, you know, 
could be something that I could see like getting a distribution, like, and it follows, you know, all it takes is something to get something to get noticed right in, in this independent land. But that's so wild. So is, is this, you said you and your wife, she, she told you to write something. So is this that movie? Is, is your wife in this movie? Yeah, she's she's Patricia Blanco. You you probably saw her on the credits. She, yeah, she she's a co-producer because of course we use our, uh, our little savings to to finance this. Oh my lord! And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it wasn't much money, you know. It, it, but in Argentina, it's it's kind of a lot. Um, the whole movie costed from start to finish, including post production and everything, it was twelve thousand dollars, which for uh, I know I don't know for a micro budget American movie it's probably nothing but for us uh, it was... I don't I mean today maybe but think back I remember reading the book um uh Rebel Without a Crew by Robert Rodriguez about the making oh, yeah. of Mariachi that was an eight thousand dollar movie and yeah. that was in the nineties and he said how how do you get it at eight grand it costs like thirty five grand to get a film print and he goes I showed up with a VHS tape with the damn movie on it if they're gonna buy it they're gonna pay for the film print and I went that's awesome <laughs> yeah oh so that's twelve thousand dollars I made a fifteen minute long zombie movie in two thousand three with my friends and again we paid you know outside of buying videotapes and time we spent nearly nothing on it but my friend Jeremy bought airsoft rifles replicas for the villains in the movie and he spent nine grand on the rifles so you <laughs> you made your movie for three thousand dollars more than i spent on rifles for a 15 minute long movie well, holy well, we have a, moly we, we have an exchange exchange rate that helps you know <laughs> i can imagine yeah um so so oh so this is i didn't i mean obviously i knew it was an independent film but this is micro 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 and the, and the fact that I'm seeing not just from me, but from all of my peers that are watching this. I mean, th this movie is as good, if not better looking than everything I've watched in the horror fest so far. Were you the director of photography as well? I apologize. I didn't go and watch the credits again before, but I, you know, who was your DP? Well, uh, we had a main DP and then we had a replacement because, uh, this being like an indie guerrilla movie, we yeah. we shot we shot over the week over weekends. So my my usual collaborator, my my the, the usual DP I work with is it's Max Ruschetti. He's he's Italian. Uh, he did the first seven days. Uh, then another friend did two days, and I shot the last the last two days. Really. Oh man, yeah. uh, we we on on that that film I talked about. We had actually filmed the whole half the movie with one set of actors, and they all had to drop out, so we had to redo half the movie. Oh god, I, I get I get how that stuff works, and it's but, funny. It's it's funny the pedigree. We were filming that for a local horror festival in Salem. That this was a long time ago before the Salem Horror Fest existed. But it's like it's kind of funny that uh um you know how that all works out. Uh, man, this is wild. So. Um, so, so then, so it being micro budget, I'm sorry, I'm just caught off guard with like the questions I'm going to ask <laughs> now. So what were your like inspirations for, for the storyline and for the, yeah. just the, the idea and the theme of the movie? Uh, well, there, there's a lot of, of things. It's, it's kind of hard to reduce it, but, yep. um, I don't, I, I always wanted to talk about fear. I'm a very, uh, I don't know the proper word in English. I think it's fearsome, fearful, yep. um, fearful person. Uh, I'm afraid of a lot of things. I try not not to let those fears stop me. I things that are that's, that scare me all the time. But I'm one of those people that gets uh, out of their house, uh, makes a block, and thinks, "Oh my God, my house is on fire." Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Hypochondriac yeah. is another. Um, is another yeah, word like yeah, everything I, everything is wrong all the time <laughs> yeah i feel like that all the time uh i well we are in the middle of a pandemic for the first two weeks of lockdown i was completely sure that i had that i had coronavirus which of course i didn't have but <laughs> so i wanted to, to talk about fear and also uh I, i'm i'm at a point of my, in my life that i could review some things that happened to me uh, when I was at, uh, in my teens, 
that came out and uh, informed the, the, the learning character. Um, uh, this is kind of touchy. So um, when I was, I don't know, I was probably 15, a guy tried to abuse me in a, in a men's oh. room, which uh, for a long time I told that story as I staved him off and I punched him and whatever. But actually I got super scared and I never told anyone what actually like like the guy jumped me and I just barely got out of it. Um, and I, I'm I so sorry. It's, it's cool. I, it, nothing actually happened, but I just became this really fearful person after, after that. And I couldn't face that for, for a really long time. And I came to terms with that a couple of years ago. And that was part of what um, made the character. Um, I chose um, Lenny to be a... Uh, to be a female character because, well, most of the, th the things I write have female leads, and that's because I grew up in a in a household without men. Like mm -hmm. my my parents got divorced when I was five years old, and I grew up with my mother, my aunts, and my grandmother. So, uh, for me, you know, family were women, and they were really tough women. I mean, uh, my grandmother once told my mother. Um, if a man ever hits you, you just you wait until he gets asleep and bash his head in with a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> so that's actually a quote from my grandmother. Um, and so, now I and now I can see the crafting of this film even more. Well, so that actually informs most of my writing. I, I usually write uh, female uh, characters, but I, I I guess it's it's because of that. Wow, that's fascinating. It it made me think when you were talking there. Have you ever seen the um, the movie adaptation of the video game Silent Hill? The movie adaptation. Oh, yeah, I saw it in theaters, but that's like um, probably that's, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, I I had always been taken aback that the director um, chose to change the main character to a female, and. Um, a lot of people that were fans of the games, you know, particularly you get a lot of angry men that get angry when stuff like that happens. But he <laughs> said, he goes, but he said, he goes, think about it. He goes, it's a story about losing a child and it's a story about going through hell and back like a rebirth kind of thing. He goes, this is a feminine story. He said, I played this game and all I thought was the only thing this game got wrong is that it's not a girl. And I was like, oh, that's a fascinating thing. And it made the movie like just impact so much more by that, that, that motherly relationship with, it's not just, I'm a dad that lost my kid. It's no, this is, this is connected to me on a level that we can't even understand. And it made the, um, it made the arc of the story may, mean so much more, you know? Yeah. Well, women are tougher. That, that's... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, I've seen that in every aspect of my life. The home that I'm living in was my grandmother's. And she is the strongest human being I've ever met. And she, yeah, I still feel her all the time watching me. <laughs> uh, she, she was just wonderful. No, but uh, okay. So, so that's, so that's fascinating. So did, did you and your wife write the screenplay together? No, but she always is the, the first person who reads uh, whatever I, I write. I, I value her input so much. Uh, oh, I mean, absolutely. And um, I did, um, I did ask a friend of mine who's a, who's a writer. She's she's a she's a woman um, uh, to to work as a sort of script uh, consultant to find the voice because of course I can write about the the, the character but I don't speak like a woman so um, I needed you know that sort of input and I you, you can find here in the credit Rosalia Fragoso. And she, mm -hmm. she, she lent a big hand to in, in the script. And of course, Eileen, the, the actress, we reworked most of the dialogue with her. Wow. So um, the, uh, obviously, I, I look at this film as being a very psychological horror film, you know, about fears and about things like that. Um, and it's, it, it plays around a lot with your perspective and your thoughts on what has gone on. They leave... The what happened to Lenny in the past very ambiguous. They being you, um, sorry, <laughs> the, the film and and I I loved that about it because her character arc kind of devolves 
throughout the movie. Like you get this, okay, she's damaged. Something has definitely happened to her, but she's also very strong. She's doing every, there's no one helping her through. She talks to people, but that never guides her hand. Like when, when she, she realizes that people can get into her apartment, spoiler alert, when other people get into her apartment, um, you know, she changes the lock herself. The, um, the, uh, you know, always talking to it. Is that her sister? Is that who that was? Yeah. The older sister. Um, you know, whenever they talk, you know, it's very compassionate, but there's also this, you know, the older sister feels like she's stronger for escaping, but then there's also that you left her in that situation. And the more we learn about that situation, it's like, that's almost a death sentence you gave to your poor sister. Like, that's not good. Like, and, um, it, it just, it, it, I really like the way that you unravel, um, those aspects of her as a character, but even through to the, the, the end, which will, I don't want to blow right now, but we'll get to, I don't think it ever betrays the Lenny that we've been given the whole time. It's not like she's all of a sudden a different person. It's like, no, no, this is the person you've seen the whole time. It's just the movie left a couple of these little bits out that you're not ready to know yet. And now we see her in full power and it's like, Oh, that's what's been going on. Okay. (laughs) You know, and it's just like, damn. Um, so what, um, were there, are, are you a fan of the horror genre? Was it like, was that where you wanted to go with this movie or was it like an empowerment fear, fear allegory at first? And those visuals came later. I am a big fan of horror and thrillers. Uh, it's probably like, my, like my, my first choice. When I'm not working, like uh, after dinner, we usually watch a movie with my wife and uh, she falls asleep after that, that movie. And after that, I watch a uh, horror movie <laughs> because she, she doesn't like horror movies. Yes, horror movies. So yeah, what, what were some of the big influences you found um, making their way into the you know, how you delivered the script and how you delivered the visuals. I don't know if there's... The, the movie has a lot of references that, that maybe are not to horror movies, but to movies mm-hmm. in general, because mm-hmm. I, I love movies. It doesn't matter if they're horror dramas, comedies, or child movies. I, I Whatever. I, I, li- I like everything. Um, and I don't think that making a horror movie... It just limits you to to reference or ins- be inspired only by horror movies. Right there, I, right there with you. <laughs> yeah, but I did wanted to. I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time is In the Mouth of Madness, and uh, <laughs> and, and I also love uh, Jacob's Ladder and uh, Alter States. I really lo- love movies that uh, work with. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm my English uh, with uh, dreams or um, hallucinations or, or you know that that make you wonder what's real or what's what's not. I I really wanted to make a movie that felt like that. Yeah. So that was part of of the inspiration, but uh, maybe it was. Those movies were inspiration just conceptually because there's nothing from those movies in in Lenny. Um, right, right, and you know, there's there's definitely visuals that are are very unique to this film. I love the um, I love the constant um, like camera cutting back to the the dirt and the mud. And that being like, okay, what's going on? Is is like, is she going somewhere when she's asleep that we're not seeing? Is someone like taking her car? Is she being messed with? The the quick jump cuts to the like um, neon, you know, red and blue colored, you know, trees. All of those cuts to like what we find out are you know visuals that we see later in the film. There was a lot, uh, particularly when she goes to the storage area in her um, building. Yeah. That um that was very much reminiscent of um, early Nightmare on Elm Street films for me, where it's like, I'm like, man, is she, did she just walk into like, like, is Freddy Krueger going to jump out here? Like, was this secretly a Nightmare on Elm Street movie the whole time? Like, I was like, this is (laughs) wild. And, and I love the ambiguousness of her neighbor um, after that scene when that just disappears. And it's like, was she also envisioning that? Is that a conversation from another time that like is just getting kind of mixed into her narrative right now that I love movies 
that leaves stuff like that very ambiguous and and that that really sold that for me um cool man that that's that's like it's so nice to hear that <laughs> that 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 actually works <laughs> no it does and again you know um and and again there's yours works really well because it keeps a strong narrative about it and has these things where you think about them after and they either, you know, a, a movie like this to some people, you know, too much ambiguity could make the movie fall flat. But to me, you're able to kind of put your personal experience on it. Whereas there's, there's a couple of other movies I've seen in the fest that are much more, um, they require a lot more, um, time to be like this movie i had an immediate visceral reaction to it afterwards where i went i get what's going on there and then the more i've thought of it it's layered and deconstructed and changed more but i've watched a couple where it's like i'm still trying to parse what i watched and that does not make those films or your films worse or better than each other it's just a different style and i like that you know you could show this in a, in a theater and get an audience like just behind the central narrative and not necessarily pick up the nuance. And for a movie, for me, for me to get the nuance with both a cultural and language barrier, I think is really important. That says a lot about how good of a visual storyteller you are. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean it. No, I mean oh, it. Like, thanks so much. But like, <laughs> and and I, I, wanted, I wanted to know if I'd hear the word evil dead out of your mouth because there's nothing don't don't get me wrong folks listening there's nothing wacky and over the top like that this movie's very grounded for a movie about nightmares and and crazy imagery but those final shots just have that the camera work and the the visuals were very early Sam Raimi to me where I'm just like this is wild like it just I you know I love, the, the I use love, of lighting I love I love Evil Dead. I actually, yeah. I remember, um, I remember actually watching uh, Army of Darkness before <laughs> Evil Dead because I, I was a kid and, yep. and it came, it came out, and I watched that one first and I didn't understand where the where the story came from, but I loved it. Um, yeah, I had it, the same experience. You go backwards through them and they get less and less silly, and you kind of go, "Wait a minute! The first one was a real horror movie. <laughs> like, what happened?" Yeah. <laughs> Yep, but uh, well, where were we? <laughs> no, no, sorry, no. I was just, uh, I was, I was complimenting um, the, the delivery uh -huh. of story. So, so we go back to to Lenny um, yeah. as a character. Now, I had said this in my review, and I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously, um, my perspective and what you intended with the narrative could be completely different. I, I don't know, but you had mentioned, you know, having very strong female characters and a grandmother that said, you know. It, to, to the women in your life, you know, if a man ever wrongs you, wait till they're asleep and bash him in the head. And that's the narrative I take out of this movie is that, you know, Lenny is not an evil character. She's been pushed to do no, nasty. She's been pushed to do nasty things. And, and that's, and that's what I take away from it. And I was wondering if I'm assuming that was your intention too. And I, I worry sometimes with, with films like this, that, there's a group of people that might want to read something wrong into the narrative. You know, like I, like I talked about the men that didn't like the man being changed to a woman in silent Hill. And so I wanted to give you a, a chance to, um, to comment on that. You know, I remember when Jennifer's body came out, that was a big one where everyone's like, so it's just a movie about a girl who's mad at men. Like what? So what, what she shouldn't have, to, <laughs> she shouldn't get to kill them. And I'm like, did you realize what the men in the movie were trying to do to her? Like, did you watch it? <laughs> like it's, it's not, um, this is, this is catharsis. This is, you know, this is revenge. This is, and, and, um, and I wanted you to get a chance to talk about that. Like, you know, the, to me, like her ex-boyfriend is not the first person that she's murdered and dumped into this hole. And neither is this guy. Like the visuals tell me that she's been doing this for a bit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, 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 what do you have to say to that? Well, uh, I think you picked up on something that, uh, it was on one of the early drafts of the script. It was more of a vigilante story than, mm -hmm. but I felt that I wouldn't be able to, um, uh, to pull it off and, and make it uh, like a grounded and serious movie. So I, I took that away from it, but, uh, I'm happy that, that you found it. Um, oh, great. And, <laughs> well, I but, saw that with um with 
you know, there's this guy who for three acts or two acts of the movie, you paint as maybe being like the, Hey, if she could just open up to this guy, like there's a very cute flirtatious and he's played very, very safe and humble. You know, like the scene at the bar, he seems to be very much caring about her safety and call me when you get back. And then he turns out to be as big of a scumbag as everybody else. And Earlier in the scene, before she goes to its house, his house, it's like she already knows that. Like, we see her in the club dancing around. She's making out with some other guy. It's like, it's very intentionally predatory. And I don't mean predatory in a negative. I mean, she's looking to save other women from what she's gone through. And um, that that's what I took away from, from those things. Well, I love your reading. And I... Going back to what you said about uh, people making maybe making a wrong read about the narrative, that's some something beyond beyond the control of anyone. I mean, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that that's just just something that you have to deal with when you make stuff. Someone's gonna it's gonna rub someone in the wrong way. That it, it's just the, how things are. Um, but yeah, I don't think she's uh, she's an evil character. I like to to leave to the imagination of the viewer if this is uh, a recurring recurring thing. Like it, maybe she she has this double personality where she kills uh, uh, toxic males <laughs> by night and uh, doesn't know what happened during the day. But um, oh, sorry, I got lost in my own train of thought. Um, That's okay. <laughs> Um, oh, what am I saying? Sorry. You, you, sorry, 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 sorry. You were saying, you know, people could read from it that she's, you know, this vigilante going oh, yeah, on yeah, yeah. nights, or, and yeah, that so, sounded like there was going to be an or there. Yeah. Or that this is just like uh, a linear thing that just happened twice. And But I wanted to, to feel like, yeah, it happened twice because she's like, like locked in in this uh, circle of violence. So, it happened twice, and it could happen again. Um, but it's uh, it's it's also like a double take that that final shot that that you talked about that final scream that is very cathartic and and it's full of anger and also like anger, rage, uh, and ha happiness. Like yeah, it's, uh, like it's bag of emotions. Um, and it's long and it's tough and it's it's for some people it's a hard watch and I thought that that was needed because she kills a person and that comes at a cost to the person that doing the killing and it doesn't matter if the the one that got killed deserved it uh, it still has a cost on you right? yes mean, if, if you've ever been in a in a fight and you ever had to to, the, to fight for your life and punch someone in the face. It's and awful. Yeah, it's awful. You feel like shit after it. And and you get, and you shake and you shiver and you maybe even cry because violence, it doesn't like feel good. No. <laughs> after it. So I really wanted to, to put that. That's probably because, that, that's probably why I, I moved away uh, from the vigilante story because I didn't want to um, um, like, uh, portray violence as something good or, or right. And it, it, it helps her be more, it helps you as the viewer be more empathetic and compassionate to her as a victim still, because even she doesn't know that she's been pushed to this. She can't remember it. So for her to have that revelation of, no, I'm in the moment right now, even if right after that scream, she just has another, Oh, I wake up in my kitchen and I don't know what's up and there's dirty footprints everywhere. And what did I do? Um, we get to see what goes on in that moment. And it, you know, you, you can read into it that there's supernatural stuff. You know, you've got her sister talking about, you know, that house could have bad juju in it, you know, like a place with all that negativity you need to get out. And she's too strong. You know, I can't, I, I am not going to let someone take this place away from me. I've, I've gone through too much to have it, but I like to look at it just as it is that her, her brain is insulating her from the trauma of what yeah. she's been through and also insulating her from the trauma of what it takes to get herself out of it because it's just as traumatic for her to end her suffering as it is for her to have gone through it. And that's intense. 
it's it's I I could have I could have said it there like you had the words man. Oh Jesus. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. You had said that you you know you had three people that were DPs on this, and you could have fooled me because it has a very consistent look. Did did you have? a lot of the idea, like the locations and the angles and how this was going to look in your head, or was it like a group effort or a just, Hey, the three of us kind of did our own thing and it all just gelled together really well in the editing. It's a, uh, it's a bit of both. I, I have, I usually have a pretty clear idea of what I want to shoot because I think the, the framing it's how, how we tell stories. So the framing is, it's always like the first thing that comes to mind. And then you, you start crafting the, um, the look uh, with your team, you know, the, when you find the location. And, and this, was, this, was, this was a tough one because we didn't have money. So uh, all the locations were borrowed or uh, we begged for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, paid, yeah. Or we paid very little money for, for the ones that we had to pay. So uh, after that search, and we, we worked with we RTP. Okay, so we have these places. We I wanna I want this uh, these frames uh, to be shot, and we have this money for lights. <laughs> so how do we go to it? And I really like I'm I'm in love with the movies from the seventies, like that grittiness of the of indie films from the seventies. Oh yeah, um, and. The colors from uh, from Italian Jelly. And... I was gonna say, yeah, this this had a um, this definitely had all of those guys all over it, particularly in the the framing of hallways and the yeah. lighting indoors. Um, I loved Lenny's apartment. The way you filmed her apartment with like the peeling paint and the low angles, and it just it brought me right back to watching, like you said, Jelly or uh, Fulci or you know any of those where you just sit there and go. There's telling me so much in this shot. The shot has character. The shot's alive, you know, and that yeah. that's a hard that's a hard thing to pull off. So it's not it's not by chance. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, uh, thank uh, thankfully Max or uh, uh, my DP, he's Italian, so he's very <laughs> well informed in in Italian jelly. Um, he loves. Um, he loves Argento. He loves Fulci. So he completely got it from from our, our, our first conversation. What was going to be the, um, the the texture of the film? And and yeah, we we set we set we set up we, in those first seven days of shoot the the look of the film. And then Augusto, who was the the second DP, he kind of replicated the the style and the. Two other days that I served as DP, I just did my best. <laughs> I'm not a DP, so I just tried to do what I could. And of course, then we have we had a marvelous, uh, an amazing uh, color grading. Yeah, uh, uh, color grading job uh, with uh, with Lula Rea. She's uh, she's my my usual colorist. She's super sensitive to color and. And, you know, like she made it alive. She found depth and in where there's need to be depth. She, uh, she, she pushed the blacks where we need to push the blacks. And, and you know, it was, we would spend like three weeks color grading and it, it was, wow. it was pretty cool. And we had wow. to do that. And we had to do that on lockdown. So it was all done remotely. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so um, how, how long... How long was the filming portion of this movie, and, and how many people were on set? Uh, the filming portion, it, it was an um, 11-day shoot. What? <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. okay, cool. Uh, long days, but 11 days. Um, and then we spent a few months editing, um, on and off. Uh, and we had this... Uh, an, we had a final edit around, I want to say, March, <laughs> and then we, well, the pandemic happened, and we had to finish the movie during lockdown. That's crazy. So you had to finish yeah. the movie remote. Was was everybody in Buenos Aires, or were was these people all over the world? Uh, we were 
most of us, we were in Buenos Aires. The only guy who was abroad was uh, Guille Mostaza, who's the sound mixer. Uh, he came like really late into the movie, and he he's from Spain. He's in Madrid, um, so we had a five-hour uh, difference, and that was that was crazy. Like we were speaking, like I I I I, I was having meetings at four a.m. You know, oh my god! Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was pretty funny, and and Guiche, he he saw. Um, a rough cut onto the movie and and fell completely in love with the story and he loved the movie and he just he just wanted to do it. Uh, so so I don't know. We went with him. We had a, another guy who could do the mixing in Buenos Aires, but the passion he had in in the, in, in the calls we had, I don't know. It was like okay, you you just sold me. Like let's work together and. And I'm, I'm going back to your question about uh, the the crew. We were usually around twelve people on set. Okay, that's that that's a pretty good size for the time period it took you to film it and the budget. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um. um it just it's so great to hear. You know, a, a movie that I again, and this this is not manufactured or made up. A movie that I'm I'm in in awe of, just from watching it on its own hearing all of this and it I, makes I, the pro- it makes the production sound like productions I've been involved in with my friends just joking around and I love hearing that it doesn't matter you know if you're working for universal or if you're working on your own that film can still be that fun and that passionate just makes me really happy yeah it was it was an intense shoot because we had to do like I mean, like so many takes and so many frames in each day but we all get along. It, it, it was, um, it was, you know, it's fun. It's probably the coolest thing you can do. You know, shoot a film with friends. Uh, yeah, it's so fun. It's grueling. It's tiresome. You you don't sleep. You eat. You eat like I I don't I I can't eat on set because I'm way too nervous and way too over on my head. But I don't know. I. Don't, I wouldn't change the, uh, the feeling of being on set and enjoying that and that the just the work you know like working yeah. with other people and finding you know just the take that's that's just amazing and i'm gonna i'm gonna do one thing because you said uh, in awe and i'm gonna show you my face so okay can... yeah no absolutely let me go back hey hey <laughs> Yes, actually, people should get. I, I could put this on YouTube. If hey. <laughs> I'm so happy that that makes you happy when I say that. that that's because I mean it. It, you know. And so I wanted to to move. Um, you know, b- before we, you know, before we talk everything to death on this, and I, I could talk forever about it, but I wanted to talk about your your cast. Um, particularly, is it Aylin? Aylin Zaninovich? Is that her? Yeah, it, it's uh, it has um, <laughs> it's Aylin. Eileen, okay, okay. Yeah. and I thank you for helping me through it. I, I, I'd rather you know people hear me, you know, having to figure it out than just pretend. Oh yeah, Chris just knows. You know, I, I, <laughs> I I'd rather be informed how to say something. Um, than so. Wh- how did you um? Wh- was there a casting, or is this somebody you knew? Well, um, we did. We didn't have a budget to to actually cast. We, right. Because because I wouldn't. I couldn't just go to an actor and, and say, oh, yeah, send me audition tapes for this movie that we're doing with... Why don't you, why don't your audition tapes do the final scene? Yeah. <laughs> Just get 25 people having to go through that. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and also, I mean, you do this movie because you want to do it, not because I what I was paying, because I try to pay everyone because I, I really think that if you're putting the work, the hours and putting the work, you should be rewarded. Uh, so I tried to pay everyone who worked on the movie, even if it was like something symbolic. Right. Uh, um, so we couldn't do like a casting call because I was paying very little because this is a small movie with very little money behind it. Um, so I I asked a friend of mine who's a casting director to help me with, with this uh, and we started talking about possible names and, and this one, that one. And he said, you know, 
Eileen, Eileen, she's a great actress. I said, oh, I don't know. She's she's a comedy actress. I saw her a couple of times. I worked with her on on a on a commercial, and she's really funny. But uh, she does she she did she ever do drama or something? Like that? And he said to me like, trust me, she's amazing. You should you should meet. And okay, send her the script. We had one meeting, and I was like, okay, she's the one. Awesome. Like. Uh, that's that's one thing that I can stress enough. Like, if you're doing a project and you don't have the resources, you have to rely on your, on your friends and trust them and trust the, the people you're working with because um, you know things like this happen. Like, you know, when you put trust on 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 the on your collaborators and you let them um, have an input on on what you're doing, they 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 make the project their own, like like right. Pablo. Pablo is the casting director. Like he he didn't do it for the money. He did for, because he he really wanted to help the movie, and he casted everything single role. And that that's yeah. we 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 call it ownership. Um, when oh. I when I was in engineering school, that was when you get involved on a project and you're helping each other, and there's no gain of like financial at the end it's like you you allow someone to have ownership of what they're doing to help you and then it's like wow their efforts are on screen like they can see a finished product it's not just oh you can help me here so i'm going to come to you and have you do this thing like it's a service it's a no it, you're invested now you're part of my creation and that um that i think people are looking for that even if they don't think that they are people are looking for that um that acknowledgement of their talent or effort, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and it's and it's great because um, just like you said, they, they make it their own, their own, and it it uh, it elevates the, everyone's work. Wow, and so you know, obviously, here your lead is is the you know namesake of the movie, right? You know the 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 project. Um, fails or floats, you know, on her performance. And she, she nails everything. Like you said, she nails the subtle fun that the character can be. She nails the dark drama, the mystery, the intense empowerment, the horrific bits. She, she gets it all. And the rest of your cast has some, some heavy lifting to do too. The, the scenes with her and her sister have a, you know, they love each other. You can tell they love each other, but there's, there's demons and, and anger and regret between the two of them that comes out in their vitriol back and forth, you know? Um, and that feels very real. And that, that actress really nailed the, the smaller amount of the movie she has to work with as well. Well, she, yeah, she's really good. Natalie, Natalie is really good. Uh, she's a really good actress. She, she does a lot of theater and, mm -hmm. and I knew her from, from a couple of things and from the possible ones that, that Pablo mentioned, I felt that like she, she could pull it off. And we had like one meeting to we had a, a meeting with her that worked as a sort of rehearsal with Eileen, and the chemistry between the two of them just reading the script was amazing. So it was her role from 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 there on. Now, uh, as you were talking, I just thought back to Lenny Lenny's job. You know, working at like a florist, you know, gardening type of place. Was that um? You know that that obviously drives the okay. She knows how to get rid of a body. You, you know, <laughs> kind of kind of a thing. But you know, it also you know also drives the people wouldn't be too concerned if her truck comes back covered in mud, um, or dirt. But uh, you know, was was that like an intentional thing, or is that just a you know oh I you know knew someone that worked at this local florist, so that's where she worked. You know, I could see it going either way. Uh, it was it, it, it was intentional. Like I, I I wanted her to have like um, of course a job that could easily mask these these things and also something that was very connected to earth, you know, yes. to 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 you know to nature, to to mother nature, if you want to call it. Um, you know, she could give life. Um, yeah. That's, Give That's, life and give life and take it all at the same time. Yeah, it's a very yeah. It, it's there. It's just a subtlety, but I I I really wanted that, and I wanted like this huge nursery. So we spent 
know, child looking for that. And luckily, uh, some friends from uh, my wife's family had that place, uh, and they let us uh, shoot there for, for an, an entire day. They, they, they shut down most of the place for us, and that was amazing. Well, it makes it, it, makes it feel very natural. Um, the, the, you know, it, it, the world she is living in feels real. And I know you only have an hour and 15 minutes, right? So we're, we're talking with a lot of nuance for a movie that definitely gets a lot out of its runtime. And, um, you know, I find it in, in America, particularly, we have so much fake, like manufactured stuff around that if you try to make a movie about someone you know living in a city that has a thing going on it's hard to put them in a situation of like hey here's my day job without that feeling kind of fake like you put someone working in a best buy you know and it's all like manufactured lighting and they got like the polo shirt on and it's like it kind of it takes you out of the character of the person so having that naturalistic work with their hands in a real place that just looks like it fits in this world helps sell the movie a lot more than, you know, uh, if you had done it another way, you know, and, and I just, I find that, uh, you know, you're trying to do something on the fly and on a budget, but that actually makes it feel less like you're watching a created film and more like you're just getting a voyeuristic glimpse into somebody's daily life. And I think that serves this story really well. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, it, it's, it was a worry uh, like uh, I had when, when writing uh, because, of course, finding a place like this that would let us shoot, um, it was kind of, I, I thought it was, it was going to be tougher than, than, than it actually was. Harder, not tougher, um, harder than, than it actually was. And I really didn't want her to be like, uh, to have um, this sort of, um, uh, ah, sorry, the sort of uh, professions that you usually see in movies, oh, she's a designer, oh, she's yes. a lawyer, or, yeah, I, I mean, I know one lawyer, <laughs> I don't know that many people who are actually lawyers, I know two designers, I, I don't understand how there are so many movies. Right, they just, somebody somewhere in marketing or somewhere thinks that that connects better with the public. And it's like, no, I, I, I don't think you're paying attention to what the majority of people actually do. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's like a million different jobs. Yeah. Oh, so. man. So then, the, you know, go, going through the cast, you know, um, the, 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 after Martine love interest, the, the guy that she's, you know, flirting with for half the movie and then ends up, you know, completely changing face in his character. Um, that guy was fantastic as well. Um, you know, was that someone you knew as well? Like, how did he come onto the production? Well, there's a really uh, sensitive scene. Um, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a really sensitive scene. And I was pretty worried about how, is, how to shoot that because I wanted to to take it, you know, to, to that edge where it's, it's uncomfortable, but it's not like rapey or, um, ex or exploitative either. You, you, yeah. you walked a really fine line yeah. and I, I, and I, and I get worried. I mean, you know, a lot of these movies feel they need to fully go there to drive that point. And I like that this movie, you know, the sister gives enough of dad used to lock you in a box when you were bad without going any further than that. Where if you want to, you can put the dad did a lot of worse stuff to them without having to say it, you know? And the same thing with this is he, you know, he tries to take advantage of her and that's as far as they take it. You know, it's enough to go, oh, he's, he could do something really awful to her right now. And then the movie just goes, okay, we, we, we hinted at it and we're going to stop there. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make it uncomfortable to watch because, it's, of course, you you have to root for her and you have to understand all the anger. But I didn't I didn't want to turn it into a rape revenge film. Um, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and of course, I think like if you're a guy, you cannot. It, it, if you're a guy in, and at this day and age, you cannot shoot uh, a rape scene. It's like it's it's done. It's done enough times. We don't have anything else to say about this. Just and I, I, I would, I would wager that it was almost never necessary. Like you yeah. could just say it happened. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, and and I know that there's artists that would argue that you know there, there's been some great artists and directors that have had those scenes in their movies, and I, it's just the f- sitting down and filming something like that, filming any sort of situation where someone is taken advantage of, and it's not. You know, there's, there's a fine line between it being serving the story and just being exploitative. And, and I, and I can't speak, you know, on behalf of, of a woman, um, other than that. I, I really appreciate hearing you say that because I feel that there's a contingent of really nasty, um, edgelordy people out there, um, that would argue that, no, the movie needed to go there, man. And it's like, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) <laughs> you, you, yeah. you know, I, I'm sorry, but it doesn't have to go there. Like I 100% get what that guy was trying to do without the movie having to show me him doing it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, being that, that as being a, a very sensitive sub- subject matter and a very, a very sensitive scene. And I really wanted to, to, to be careful with, with, uh, with the, with Eileen being, be careful with the actress. My first idea was to cast um, a gay actor <laughs> to play. Oh, the, all right, the guy. all right. I, that that was my first idea, but the one the guy who who read the script and I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm on board," dropped out of of, of it because he had to travel and shoot a different uh, a bigger film in Spain. Mm-hmm. And Eileen's boyfriend at the time, who is uh, who is Fran Masia, the, the actor that you see on screen. Oh, great! That that's that's also a a good. Yeah good compromise for that yeah he read the script and he said oh i love the script i i i would love to play the part and yeah of course that that's a perfect fit like uh i that's the safest uh the safest couple that we could ever have for um for a scene like that so and luckily you know fran really pulled off the character and 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 it works wow that's I mean, I was I was hoping you'd say something like that because that is I always wonder how, especially in low budget films, how how you pull off a sequence like that, you know, without it being oh they're just in a relationship in real life because it it definitely makes the scenes where they're flirtatious with each other come off more real, and then it makes the scenes where you go oh god like who would ask someone to put themselves in that situation, go, at least there are two people that are comfortable with each other in that type of situation. Yeah, you actually, it was, it was pretty funny because uh, in, in the first takes, like, he was being too soft and, and Eileen was yelling at him, you have to be, like, over me. You have to, like, ravage me. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. And I, I love the reveal that she's got a baton on her. That, 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 that it's, it, it really, it just puts the narrative, the, the power back in her hands. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, he was overpowering her and yeah, you know, she's going to have to struggle to get out of this, but you know, danger is, is he's the one in danger right now. <laughs> and it's like, all right, that's, I like that, that that's yeah. a really cool switch yeah, that you're able to pull off. She doesn't take shit, you know, from, from, from anyone. anybody in the movie, not, not yeah. even, not even the therapist. It was just like, unless you're going to do something that makes these nightmares stop, why am I even here? And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> like, she's just like, <laughs> there is, there is no poor damsel in distress here with this character. She is, she's got some confusing stuff going on, but she is not, um, not helpless. No, of course not. Um, well, where are we? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, we, we're, we're in a lot of places. No, sorry. I was just going through the actors and then, you know, you've yep. got a couple other people, you've got the therapist and the, the woman living in her apartment that, you know, serve their roles very well too. So that covers the actors that covers the script, um, the production, the making of what's been the, uh, the post world after this film existed. You said you guys just finished it. What in the beginning of the summer? Is that, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the winter here. Oh, winter. Yeah, sorry. So I say summer. Like, was it like June, July? Is that, or is it more recent yeah. than that? The final, final, how, how do you say this? Um, we completed the movie and on a, uh, July 30. Oh, wow. So it's it's brand new. Yeah, um, it's brand new. 
like and, it, and it, it entered Salem on the last day of what like, what directed you towards um towards the Salem Horror Fest? I know you know that that's that's kind of a fledgling festival as well. It, you know, it's been around I think since 2016, maybe the year prior. And uh the runner of it, Kay Lynch, is is just such such a good person. And um I uh I didn't don't know how like movies like this are found. So how how did you guys end up getting getting teamed up with the horror fest? Well, um I, I didn't have any idea of what to do with the movie after it was done. Like I knew I wanted to, to send it to festivals, but I didn't know how that worked. So uh, I spent some time, you know, um, reading reading about uh, about festivals, about festival strategy, about how other similar movies uh, did, and I started like looking up festivals to send it, and. I don't know. I started looking for for festivals in in the U, in in the U.S. that sounded good and that had like um, like uh, like picked small movies. Yes, had I had like a nice selection. Not because not because there are some festivals that just put anything on screen, and <laughs> you don't want that. You you want it, you want someone that actually values the what what you're you're sending uh, and if they if they choose it's because they they think it's worthy and it, they think it's, it's a good fit right and, and you i get in with like-minded films and like-minded yeah. like-minded directors who are kind of pushing for the same thing and that's yeah and that's it and that's been amazing i have to say that the the salem um the salem horror fest community it's been Amazing the, the support between directors and actors and and the, the people from the fest, Kay Lynch, uh, Pat, Jessica, they they all done an amazing job and and I, I'm so grateful with that. Um, but yeah, I, I was looking for festivals and and Salem looked I don't know it looked good it looked like like fun it looked like it was made by people who love the genre. Oh yeah. So so I I sent the movie and luckily it got uh, picked up. And after that, it coincidentally, like um, uh, a girl from a, from a distribution company that it's not a, um, a commercial distribution company, it's a small distribution company that takes care of um, making a festival strategy for films, contacted mm-hmm. me. And now they are handling the, um, the strategy forwards. But it's, it's great. I can tell you that we will, we have some pretty great news that are coming up but awesome no no that's great i cannot say it officially but you know you know how it is we have to wait oh i do but keep for official announcements keep me in mind when you're announcing i can't wait to hear it and if um obviously i i would i would love to see this film in person in a theater someday because i think it would play great there hell it would play great at a drive-in to tell you the truth (laughs) and i i I i've only seen it in the in in the screen of of my home oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh it's it's funny i actually went back and watched it on the screen at my home because i had caught the last 15 minutes of it on my phone in my car at work, just like on a lunch break. I'm like, I'm going to finish this thing up. And I'm like, I need to see that pop. Cause I had seen the rest of the movie on, you know, a big, like 50 inch screen. And I was like, Oh, I'm so glad that I went and watched this scene again. Cause you, there was just so much more that that depth and the coloring and that you talk about that it just, th- this, there was definitely a lot of love put into this thing. And I, I know that as the creator, all you ever see is the mistakes and the behind the scenes. But all I see is a, is a piece of art that I that I hope millions of eyes get to see because because oh. I think it's wonderful. I think thanks so much, Chris. It it means it means a lot to hear that. Like, well, dude, no, and, and and you deserve it. And like I said, if if there's a DVD that ever exists, let me know. I'll buy I'll buy one. I'll I'll buy one yeah. and give it away on the show. You know, if if, if there's ever a DVD, I'll send you one. Oh, that'd be great. And again, that's you know that's less the end game for movies these days, but I like physical media. I like being able to hold on to something. I think it's cool. Yeah, it, it is cool. I'll, I'll, try right. to send, I'll try to send you something from. from oh, the movie. that'd be wonderful. I'd appreciate that. And, 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 and I, you know, obviously you've, you've got 
things upcoming that are exciting. You can't, you can't say, which is great, but um, I would like to give you a chance at the end of it to, you know, just leave, leave the people listening with something, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, um, inspiration or words to young artists, or it's something about your movie or something about other projects you've done, you know, whatever it's your, your place to pitch or promote or, you know, whatever you want. I'm terrible at promoting, so I'm going to go with the inspirational roads. Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If, if you've been listening to this, you know, this, this movie came from, um, from the desire to make a movie and to tell a story um, from a very personal place. And we made it with what we had, what we found, and with the people that we had around us and a lot of other people that came came in through them and that's pretty much it if you have an idea and you want to make it happen you just go and do it and you have to adapt yourself to what you have that that's that's pretty much it you know it, just make it because ideas if you if you just leave them in your head i don't i it's it's kind of like fruit they eventually they will just rot and you want to yeah. you want to take a bite out of them when they're still good I, I love that. That that is a great connection, a great allegory there. Well, uh, uh, Fede or Fide is it Fide Fede? Fede. Fede. <laughs> um, thank you, thank you so so much for for sharing this movie with the Horror Fest. I, I wish nothing but the best um, for the movie and for you as a filmmaker. I'm glad you finally got out of the depressing land the the land you weren't happy with because the worst thing about a job is if you're not happy with it and especially if it's a job about creating art and creating emotion for people if you're not in it why do it right and so you've 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 made your first feature and i'm really just over the moon honored that you wanted to sit down and talk to me about it um but thanks thanks so much chris for having me um for your review and and i really appreciate appreciate all of this the um for us you know indie filmmakers and indie creatives of of any uh, art um having someone to talk to and someone to to tell the 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 journey that's been to to make something it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. Uh, this is Ben Chris Chipman, aka the Chippa, on shooting the shit with Chippa, talking with the director of the film Lenny. Um, please go and check it out at Salem Horror Fest. Please check me out if you're hearing this for the first time through the Horror Fest at patreon.com/slash the Chippa. Um, and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye.